You are listening to Become a Guitarist Today podcast with Adam Roach. Hey there, and welcome to episode number 96 with my guest today from the Music Gear Network, Eric Broadbent. So in this episode, we talk about the NAMM show, which happened last month. So Eric gives us a, a breakdown of some of the clips that he's got on his YouTube channel, which I will put the link in the show notes so you can have a look at those as well. So in today's podcast, we break down some of the clips that are on his YouTube channel, and we go into more detail about some of the companies that were at NAMM this year. So Eric went to the NAMM show with his son, Eric Jr., who helped him out with the interviews and videoing. So in this podcast, we also get to hear part of Eric Jr.'s songs that he's been recording over the last few years. Plus, we also get to hear some of his new material that is coming out real soon. So if you do want to know more about Eric Sr., that is, I got to interview Eric back in episode number 29, where we spoke about his playing and how he got started and his and different things he has going on. So again, you can check out the link in the show notes for that one as well. Now, before we do go to interview, again, thank you to my sponsor, Musician. Now you can learn the instrument you've always wanted to, wherever and whenever you have the chance to sit down and play. Musician is an award-winning app designed by expert music teachers to teach you guitar, ukulele, piano, and more, giving you live feedback in the process. You can learn thousands of songs, including some you already love. Whether you've been playing for years or never picked up an instrument, Musician's here to help you get good, get better, and get playing. Plus, your first week's free. So visit musician.com and give it a shot. And also, living music and custom guitar So let's go over to the interview now with Eric Broadbent. Hey, my friend. How are you? Hey, how are you, Eric? Good, good, man. Yeah, well, it's been um, two years since we spoke last. It was, yeah, yeah. It was episode 29, which was 17th of January, 2018. Isn't that something? So, yeah, so it's pretty darn close, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. It doesn't seem like that long ago. I know. It goes by fast. yeah. So yeah, so lots happened since then. Yeah, I've been uh, busy here. I mean, same same thing here on my end. I've you know obviously changed the show name and things like that. Yeah. You know, but uh, same same business as usual. Still playing the guitar and having lots of fun with that. Probably playing, probably even playing more guitar since last time we chatted. Okay, that's a good thing. Always, you know, playing more guitar could never be a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but my day job is still the same thing. Still building websites and all that fun stuff. And oh, yeah. yeah. So we might maybe get into the name 2020, if that's all right. Yeah, I made a few notes just for some things in case you asked me, so I haven't prepared. Yeah. Uh, so we'll start yeah, maybe with the Lizard Spit guitar, because I hadn't really heard of it until I interviewed um, Phoenix the other week. Yeah, and she's, she's, a, she's an artist on the roster. Yeah, so she spoke about it. So yeah, it was a great little um, interview you guys did. Yeah. yeah, so I'll tell you a little bit about them. I discovered them probably, I heard people talking about them, but I discovered them probably about two years back. And Chris Webster, he's the owner of the company. He's a chemist and, uh, you know, he's... He, he kind of comes from a similar background to me, too. He was in automotive detailing at one time. and Or I, I shouldn't say he was, but he's formulated products for automotive detailing. I'm not sure if he, what his experience is with that, but he made products for that. Yeah. So that kind of was close to my heart, too, because I was an automotive detailer using a high-end product, right? Yep. And safe products, which is the most important thing. I always like to use safe products for the environment, things like that. Mm. And, um, you know, he sent me a little care package. He says, here, check out our products. If you like them, cool. If you don't, that's cool, too. If you don't like them, tell us what you don't like about them. If you do like them, tell us what you do like about them. So he sent me like a like a traditional guitar polish, a fretboard conditioner, 
uh, the the fret uh, polish kit. And one, this is funny. I always say the product that I, I did never, I never wanted to like is it's called Fresh and Easy, and it's a string lube. Yep. And I've never been a fan of string lube on a guitar. Like, and, and but because I've used competing products that, in my personal opinion, aren't very aren't as good. I shouldn't say aren't good because that's not fair. Aren't as good. Yeah, yeah. There's like a fast fret and the uh, I forget the other one. There's a couple. The one's like an aerosol spray. It's brand of rag, and the other one is like in a in a can, like a tobacco tin, whatever. And I forget the brand, what it's called. Chris's from Lizard Spit is like a bingo dapper, and you just apply it on on the fretboard of the guitar over the strings. And then what I do is I just kind of do it uh, gently and then I wipe it off with a nice rag. And any residue that's left, which is barely any, I'll wipe off the back of my neck. And uh, it was something that sat on my shelf and it sat there for months. And I think, okay, well, I owe it to this guy to at least try this product. Once I tried it, it became the product that I hated to try. Now I can't live without. And the minute I ran out of my last drop, I'm like shaking the last drop on this container. Chris, I need more. Give me more. Give me more. You know what I mean? Uh, It's not like super oily. Uh, it's it just just a nice slip and slide. You don't get residue all over your fingers when you're done. It has a very nice smell to it. It brings life back to your strings. You, you know that. I mean, you can really if you're in a budget and you don't have money for strings, you get an extra month out of your strings mm-hmm. and continuing on so on and so forth. The polish is amazing. I used it on one of my Yamaha Pacifica guitars that was kind of neglected for some years, and it, I mean it was. It, I took the pickguard off and it had like a quarter of a probably a quarter of, a, of an inch of grime and i did it live on a show and i cleaned it and it just it was like oh my god wow yeah. i wanted to go by their booth and see what they had so chris as you mentioned gave us a tour and uh, i i can't recommend those guys enough i'm not an endorsed artist or anything like that so i'm completely unbiased when it, it's just my personal testimonial i've never seen anything like it i've used competing products in the past for polish um on the different brands the bigger name brands and I still like them. I think they're good. Yeah. But I, I think Lizard Spit is probably the best you can get. And it just smells good, too. It's very eco-friendly and smells good. So they come highly recommended. Yeah, I was going to ask you. I actually had that noted because um, I've got one here. I can't remember the brand. But, yeah, the smell after you use it wasn't very good. So, Not yeah. pleasant, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so this one's pretty good then. Yeah, it's nice. I mean, like, it, it's just nice. You know, I mean, I really don't care what my guitar smells like. The smell isn't my, my focus when I'm playing it. Yeah. But when you, this guitar polish, it, it, it kind of looks like a pink liquid when you're spraying it on. It just smells very, very pleasant. Like, it's almost like a fruity smell without something along that line. Just a pleasant smell. Does a really, really good job. And uh, I know it's one of those things where I, I go, I get anxietized when I'm getting down to the bottom of the of the, the container. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I got to get more. I got to get more. <laughs> That's a good thing, too, because... I'm sure most of his customers are like that too, and yeah. you know it's something you've got to have, right? Yeah, for sure. That's great. And yeah, so that was was one of my highlights of uh, Nam for sure too. I wanted to make sure we saw them. I wanted to go to Nam this year and work a little bit less than last year. Mm. And you know we only did about maybe six videos, and uh, it was nice. And even that seemed like a lot. Yeah. But we traveled a lot lighter this year too. We didn't bring the big DSLR rigs and the tripods and the dollies. We traveled super, super light, and it was great. And so I got some some really good feedback on the videos as far as the quality and things. So I really, I'm really happy with the decision that we took to keep things simpler this year. Yeah, I mean, and to do it with your son too, that would have been a, a big buzz. It was awesome. It was second year with him, yeah. and the first year was tough for him because it was his first year. And as a as a young lad, you know, uh, Nam is like it's like going into a, a toy store, but the toy store being the size of a small Canadian city. You know, that's that's what it was like. And so he was in bed like before the sun went down first year. Yeah. Second year he was like a seasoned vet. I'm 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 like 
I think you're going back to the hotel, buddy. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, come on, I want to go play drums one more time. Uh, yeah. He played so many electronic drums by so many manufacturers. It was it wasn't even funny. <laughs> so what's his main instrument? Is he guitar or drums? Oh, I would have to say uh, drums and keyboard are his main. He started on drums, mm. uh, moved to keep, kind of graduated to keyboard and guitar. He plays bass phenom- phenomenal, uh, ukulele. He's well gifted in many instruments, but I'd say I'd say uh, drums and keyboard are probably his uh, piano or probably his uh, strongest forte. Oh well, that's great. Yeah. So expect to see a solo album coming out soon. He's I think he's about to drop his fifth. Well, I, I shouldn't say that. He always corrects me. He's got multiple solo albums out already. Oh really? Uh, done some things solo, and he also has a band called Stars, mm. and he kind of collaborates with um, young musicians around the world. Yep. It's a very very electronic, but he's also working in real instruments as well too. Some of the music's been so good that I I know I'm a biased person. I'm his dad, but songs speak regardless of who, who the relation is. And there's been a couple songs I begged him, can I please work with you on this? Yeah. Like stuff that Joe Satriani would be proud of. Like just yeah. the songwriting and the the progressions and the changes. It's, uh, even though it's done in an electronic format, mm. uh, it's amazing. It's really good stuff. Like I would, if it was my music, I'd be like, that's the proudest thing I've ever done. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now the second video was the line six the the pod go very cool right yeah that, that uh, sounded great the guy that did the, uh, the demo was, yeah really good player yeah too. paul heinmarsh uh he he is phenomenal he's one of my favorite players on the planet mm. he's just uh he's amazing he's a super nice human being which is cool I mean, that makes it even cooler when you have somebody that can play like that. And then just a super nice human being on top of that. Yep. Very, very cool. But yeah, uh, that was something I did not know about going into NAMM. Um, okay. You know, I, I tend to sometimes get some inside scoops on products or manufacturers. And uh, I had no clue about that product going into NAMM. Mm-hmm. And seeing it firsthand was great. You know, it's, it's not a Helix. It's not made for the Helix users. It's not made to replace a Helix. It's not even made to replace an HX stomp. Mm. It's an introductory model, you know, to get you into the Line 6 model. Why shouldn't you say Line 6? It's just an introductory unit to get you into modeling. And if I didn't have a Helix or if the average individual didn't have a Helix or a Kemper or that and they wanted something that could get them by for a gig, it would do more than get you by. Mm. I mean, it's a phenomenal unit. It just doesn't have, like, the strength of some of the things like Helix where you can hook up a Variax and MIDI and all that kind of, you know, I think it might have MIDI. But you can't do all this extra crazy stuff that you can with Helix. But that was the talk of town at NAMM for sure. Uh, now the next one, which I didn't even know about, the Floyd Rose guitars. I've always known them as a you know tremolo system. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, so you had the uh, the new guitars and their the 40th anniversary of the bridges yes to me that was a um a bucket list moment meeting floyd rose uh the year before at nam and the year before that i went by the floyd booth just a couple different times and just never caught floyd there and on the internet it's this is like a long-running kind of a, a joke or whatever but since the internet was the internet when i got on the internet in the way back days mm. you know you'd always sign up you have to have a username for something so floyd rose 5150 has been my username forever uh-huh. i'm a rose like fanatic you know uh i feel naked if i don't have a floyd rose on a guitar and i'm adapting to that because i have a lot of guitars now that don't have floyds but meeting him was great 
And, uh, you know, I had been speaking to, uh, to people in his camp to get him on the, our show for the longest time. Unfortunately, he is coming on. Yep. And I told him all about, um, you know, meeting the founder or interviewing the founding fathers of Kramer. And that was, he's like, oh, we could see the, you know, little lights going off and a little twinkle in his eye when I was talking all about that. Cause that, yep. that's very special to him back in the day too. So we're looking at the guitar and, uh, which was cool. It was a very neat guitar. And then we're looking at the anniversary tremolos. Uh, but just having a conversation with him and letting him know how much he meant to me as as a guitarist and how, you know, the Eddie Van Halen's of the world changed guitar. But so did Floyd Rose, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. you know, Floyd Rose, you know, wasn't the accomplished player like Eddie Van Halen. And a lot of these other shredders out there. I, I'm not that's, I'm not saying Eddie's a shredder. Eddie's a, a, a unique player, but there's a lot of shredders out there. Uh, Floyd is that type guy that offered the innovation and Eddie had Eddie Van Halen had a lot to do with that. They worked a lot together on it, but the world would be a different place today without that uh, that trem system. And it, I just I said thank you. And uh, you know, Junior did the whole interview, yep. but I spoke to him off camera, and it was a pleasure. Now, next one is the is it the Idea Bench pedal boards? I yeah. didn't, didn't really know much yeah. about that before I saw your video. Idea Benches. I've been working with those guys for a good. I'm going to say. It feels like about three years, um, and I'm thinking maybe it's just a little bit less. But the way I was introduced to Idea Bench, I've been a, uh, a pedal snake in Dorsey since the year 2000. Yep. Right in the year 2000, maybe 2001, um, Pedal Snake makes a product that, uh, you know, uh, I, in my opinion, the world's best uh, snake system. There's several out there, but basically for your cable management, mm-hmm. you have one cable going to your board with multiple sends and returns, multiple voltages. Uh, you have extra lines for wireless. I mean, there's so many things you can do, uh, you know, just amazing. And it's one cable you throw it out and you, like I want to say, you throw it out, you roll it out on stage and, and you, all your power supplies are at your back line. So nothing is on your board. So I worked with him for many, many years. Mm. I, and, and I went through various homemade pedal boards and he introduced me to, to Rick and his wife, Joanna at Idea Bench and brought me on as an artist onto uh, with their company. Yep. And that kind of also brought me in with a third company. So it's the three companies that work together. Um, they're, they're all individuals. They're not related to one another. They, you know, they don't share products, but they work together. And the other one was Strymon. And Strymon provided the power supplies for this. So they worked together. It was uh, Pedal Snake for the snake system, for the cable management. Idea Bench for the boards. They make beautiful boards. You probably saw mine. I still have it, even though I don't use pedals anymore. Yeah. I still have the board. It's a big kind of half-circular thing, probably... I'm showing with my arms. So I'm not sure if this will be a video podcast, but probably the, your arm width and a semicircle with a raised tier, yeah. all steel. And then there's two pins like you'd have on a, <clears throat> excuse me, like on a muscle car hood. We pull the pins and the, and the little, little, I call them cotter pins here in Canada. And then, the, <clears throat> excuse me, the board flips open and all your wiring and power supplies and everything goes underneath. So, so very, very cool. Mm. So long story short, I've been working with them for a long, long time. And, and I think they did one NAM. Uh, the last the last two NAMs was that they weren't there. So fortunately, they were there this NAM, yeah. and they had other products that they were bringing out too. They had all these kind of, uh, uh, you know, gadgets and essential gadgets, they call them. Okay. So pedal boards are still doing really, really well for them. But uh, Rick is a great engineer. He's got patents on multiple things. So he told me his number of patents at one time, and it's quite staggering how many he has. Mm. I don't want to quote the number because I forget, but it's in, it's in I think it's like 20 or 30 patents on things. Yeah. And he's got, like, I've got one product here. It's called the Buzz Breaker. It's a real small little device. That's his. Yep. And if let's say you're hooking up a couple different amplifiers or you've got something, just something that's giving you some weird voltage issues. So you run into here, it's passive, run back out to your system. 
and that'll eliminate any of your buzz and noise. All in a passive system, no batteries required or anything like that. Oh, wow. He's got patch base, all that kind of cool stuff. So once again, we had Eric do the Eric Jr. do the interview, and it was more just to catch up and say hi than anything yeah. else. But we couldn't leave without you know capturing a video. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that was fun. It was it was great meeting his wife too, Anna, and the kids were there. We only met. He has two kids. Only met his daughter. Unfortunately, his son was uh, you know kind of checking out all the different events at NAMM too, so we didn't get a chance to meet the whole family. Yeah. We got a nice photo together as well too, and uh, he's actually coming on board as uh, as a sponsor as our third sponsor on our show as well, too. So I eventually you'll see a lot more of them promoted on our shows, too. Yeah, oh, excellent. Yeah, like I said, mm-hmm. I hadn't really heard of them, so it was a really good insight watching your video with them. And, and here's the thing, sometimes people will look at their website and they'll get they'll get scared away by the prices because I, I don't want to say the pedal boards aren't cheap, but you know, people sometimes are looking for a pedal board, they're looking for something for 150 bucks. Yep. And I'm sorry, the, the 150 bucks is only probably going to be the tax on, mm-hmm. on one of these pedal boards. They're... You know, they're, you know, anywhere between four and six, seven hundred dollars, depending on what you get. But it's a pedal board that you buy once and will last you the rest of your life. So I want people to keep that in mind when they look at the website. Uh, don't be scared away by the price because it's some, it's an investment. You're investing in your future as a guitar player and something you'll never replace again. The only thing you're ever going to change is maybe where you stick a pedal. Oh, I don't want that chorus there. No, I want this one. Yeah. You know, that's the only thing you're going to change. Uh, now, the next one was uh, the Kramer graphic art guitars, which um, I found it was really useful. I actually had used to have a Kramer Beretta Haley's Comet special yeah. back in the other day. So it was really good to see all the different designs there as well. That was very cool because uh, Kramer had guitars in two different spots. One where the public couldn't see them um, unless, you know, you were, you know, like the, the rich and wealthy and, and you know, someone who's going to come in and buy like these really expensive guitars or they had like their regular line which was over in the Gibson and Epiphone area. And the, the, I mean, that was a beautiful area there as well, too. So there's a couple of photos I shared. You might have saw one where uh, Junior's playing, a, I think it was a Beretta as well, too, just a, a standard, you know, a new stock Beretta. Yeah. And uh, JC Curley, who's now the new CEO, uh, James Curley, he comes over right to Eric and says, uh, how do you like it? It was really, really cool, just out of nowhere. But um, so I talked to John, who's my good friend, and uh, who, he's who I also deal with as my artist rep for Kramer. Mm-hmm. He says, well, let's go over to the... Um, the, the business room and that's where they had a lot of Gibsons and Epiphones and, and of course all the graphic art series one-off uh, I guess they call them what, what they call them I don't want to say project guitars but I, there's a word that has slipped my mind but anyways it's the custom ones that they built with all these signature painting artists right that they've had sometimes in the past and they were beautiful yeah. I just passed the mic to Al John and I said, here, go ahead. And I just walked with him as he narrated the story. Yeah. I think he called concept guitars or something. Okay. Man. And and fortunately, I was able to you know get the right light and the right angle to, to, to show some of the beauty of these guitars because you almost think you'd have to be there to appreciate it. But I think I captured some of it. And just amazing. And if, and if there's any doubt that you know Kramer is here to stay, I really think they're in good hands with, uh, with the Gibson brands. Yeah. Uh, they, they listen to the fans. They know what they want. And of course, you know, there's still going to be people, oh, great, it doesn't come in this color. You're never going to please everybody, right? No manufacturer can ever do that. But I really think there's good things to come from those guys. Uh, You know, there's going to be pros, there's going to be pro models, and there's going to be entry-level models and everywhere in between. So that was was a highlight as well, too. And I'm really happy to get that video up on YouTube. Yeah. And did did he say that they're going to pick like a couple of those to manufacture through the like poles or something? Yeah. There's talk of that as well too. Yeah, so they they they'll try to maybe make some affordable versions of some of those cool paint jobs. Yep. And then of course there there's talk of uh, 
you know, regular production USA models. And that makes people really happy. As long as I think it all comes down to price. And um, also at the same time, I know when can you deliver, you know, like we want to make sure like we as when I say we as the guitarists out there that want to pay for these guitars, you know, hopefully we don't have to wait too long. And I'm, I'm getting the vibe from them that uh, they they plan on catering to all the masses of all budgets. And I don't think we're gonna have to wait too long to see it happen either. So yeah. I think that was all the the name videos you got up at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. Um, the only other things I saw there that were really special to me, there's a few things I didn't shoot. I did shoot one. I didn't get it uh, uploaded yet. Uh, my friend Steve Strelacci, who's a big Line 6 uh, user, and, and he may have seen him on our Helix Hour shows, uh, he was doing a demo uh, over at the Iconic Guitars uh, booth. Okay. And uh, you got to look those guys up if you haven't seen them uh, play. Um, the goodness. Um, well, Jay Palmer, I know you know him. Mm. He plays Iconic, and I think he may endorse the brand. But they they make some beautiful beautiful instruments. Junior played this one. Uh, Kevin is the owner of Iconic. Him and his wife, and he's kind of like me, and probably like a lot like you. Back to the SoCal, like San Dimas kind of, yeah. you know, those kind of shred guitars, right? Yep. 80s shred guitars, and he makes those. He makes classics and everything else. But he's a, he's a real fan of that era. So he had this one that was a customer's. It was already sold, but Junior got to play it. And I think it was somewhere around four thousand dollars U.S this purple crackle strat looking thing. I think it was just two humbuckers, but this beautiful roasted maple uh, back neck. And I think the fingerboard might've been uh, ebony. I think I forget yes. Floyd, real Floyd Rose on it. A couple toggles for some splits and some, you know, that kind of thing. And I was just like, just in awe looking at this guitar. So if you're a fan of American made, you know, and you, and you wanted to look at something other than, you know, the Fenders and the Jacksons and, and things like that. And you want an alternative, uh, still being American made and dare I say better, I think I'm safely say that and not be flamed for saying it, iconic guitar. So that was a real treat to look up those guys. Yeah. ESP was another booth. I did, I did shoot a little bit of video, but I didn't, it didn't warrant enough to publicize it because I was just more kind of scrolling and, you know, the kind of looking at some guitars. Yep. But I really wanted to check them out because they've got some nice throwbacks to the 80s as well, too. Mm. They've got uh, some like 87 series, you know, single humbucker guitars that are obviously in the same vein as, you know, the Kramers. And of course, ESP made a lot of guitars for Kramer back in those days. Yep. So that was really cool. They were they were kind of talk of the town. You mentioned Kramer Gibson. Well, they, we did the, uh, the Gibson VIP event on the Thursday, which was awesome. The last year... We were invited to it as well, too, Eric Jr. and I. It was on the Wednesday night of NAM mm. before everything kicked off on the Thursday. And our flight was delayed coming out of Detroit We were because we were froze over at the airport. Mm -hmm. So we didn't get to to uh, Anaheim until probably to our hotel about 2 o'clock in the morning on that, well, the Thursday morning. So we had missed the VIP Gibson event. This year was Thursday. We got there on the Wednesday. Everything was good. And it was over at the Grove of Anaheim. And we were kind of suspecting there'd be some celebrities there because it said, like, you know, VIP friends and stuff, right? Yep. And you'd seen all these marshals on the stage and a bunch of magnetone amps and stuff like that. I'm like, man, it looks like, uh, you know, Appetite for Destruction meets Shark Dressed Man, right? Mm. Sure enough, Slash is playing. Billy Gibbons is playing. Cheap Trick, you know, Rick Nielsen's playing. It was just absolutely amazing. They wow. fed everybody there. It was all open bar and roast beef and ham and all the trimmings and as much as you can drink. And I, uh, it was actually, that was probably a bad thing mm. because uh, myself and Junior, obviously Junior was having some, just some sodas and Brian Cote, my friend here from Canada, he was there. Mm. And I had to watch some of the video back to actually remember who was playing. <laughs> I didn't remember. <laughs> oh, no. like, I, 
think it was Slash, and of course it was Slash, <laughs> but that was a really cool event. I mean, Gibson really knows how to throw a party. Well, that would have been amazing. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Uh, probably three, four thousand people there. I would, I would. Well, maybe not. It probably close to that. You watch some of the videos back, and I mean, it's just like wall-to-wall people. And I don't, I'm not sure what the group holds, yeah. but it would seem like a lot of people. The other thing I was just going to mention, your latest video with the, the Stowaway guitar. Mm-hmm. That, that looks incredible, too. I really want one of those. I'm really enjoying it, and it got a lot of attention. I brought it down to NAMM with me this year, and you know we had we didn't have a lot of delays on our, on our trip this time, which was nice. Weather was great. Couldn't have asked for nicer, but we had a couple of times where there was about, one time there was about an uh, hour, well, two-hour wait for our first plane. Okay. Um, cause we took a shuttle from our home across the border in Canada to Detroit to get on this the airplanes. We had about a two-hour wait. So I took out Stowaway and jammed on it, and Eric Jr. jammed on it, and people were like, what's going on over there? And we, knew, we saw a couple people we knew were musicians, so they're really checking us out. Yeah. And then at NAMM, people are checking it out. I was playing it the whole time in the hotel. And the cool thing is, one bag, and it had my laptop and everything in it, put it right in the overhead, and it was smaller than most people's uh, checked carry-on bags as it was. Yeah. I uh, really can't recommend that thing enough. It's just so cool. Mm-hmm. You know, everything else, like, I shouldn't say everything else out there, but most of them out there – when it comes to travel guitars, they they become a novelty, or they are a novelty. Yeah. People will say, "Hey, I got, look, I got you for Christmas. I got you this travel guitar," and it's more of like, "Okay, yes, it will play." And okay, if I if I change the way I approach guitar and I do this, I can maybe play some chords. Yeah. But because it's not really geared as a real guitar, you soon that novelty wears off very very quickly. And, and then it's standing in the corner. And, you know, you pick it up and play it when your friends come over that bought it for you for Christmas. So you're, you're making them happy, but it's not something you play all the time. Yeah. What I've always said with the stowaway is that after five minutes of playing it, you forget it's a travel guitar and you're just playing and you're like, oh, yeah, I can break this thing down and take it on a plane. Yeah. It's that. Easy. So I recommend it highly, man. Yeah, but cool. he, he can ship to Australia. So you can buy directly from, right from the manufacturer. Yep. Uh, shipping can be a little high, obviously, just because... Uh, you know, it's a it's a parcel, right? Yeah. It's got some distance to go, but you know you you can get them to you. I know he shipped he shipped all around the world, so yeah. they can be purchased right through through the website. And I'm sure if anyone's interested, any of your listeners as well too, yeah. maybe we could always work out a deal with him and see if I can get you guys a coupon code and save some of your listeners some money too. That'd be fantastic for sure. As you know, I came home sick, and and that's it. Really discouraged me because I had a good time at Nam. I did a video. This is what's so funny. I mean, people can laugh at me all they want. And I'm laughing at myself too. A week before Nam, I did a video how to survive Nam, really. and all the travel tips, all the hand sanitizer, you know, drinking water, having some energy bars, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I come home deadly sick, yeah. and I'm like, oh man. And like, like I was telling you uh, before we started the interview, yep. I said uh, Junior detected something in my voice on day two of NAM. He said, Dad, you suddenly get a weird thing with your voice. And I had a dry cough. So it, it escalated a little bit, but I didn't realize it. And I didn't really feel sick. There were times where I felt a little worn down. But coming home on the last day on the Sunday, it must have been whatever the bug was I, I inhaled. It, it had to have been an, an airborne virus because I was religiously cleaning my hands. Yeah. And so, and that's what a lot of people say too. It's more airborne than anything else. And now we're seeing things from around the world where these airborne things can be horrifically bad. Yeah, no. mm-hmm. It kind of it kind of scares me about going to big conventions again because 
with these with these big trade shows like your consumer electronics and your NAB, like National Association of, Broad- Association of Broadcasters, NAM, all these type of big conventions, mm. they're so important to people to go to that they get sick a week before they go and they're like, but I don't want to miss it. Yeah. You know, go, right? Yeah. It's not like me when we were kids at school and we had a cough, like I better stay home. I'm going to stay home. I'm sick. Yeah, that's right. You know, but these people want to go to these things. That last day coming home, it hit me and I had the shakes coming home. I had um, I had, like terrible shakes. I couldn't control myself. I got home and, and, you know, I was very happy to see Sandra here, my better half. Yeah. And I had to hop right in the tub and uh, like the hot, hot bath and just to kind of, you know, chill my, like warm my bones back up. Mm. And I went right to bed and I was in bed for nine days. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. And I know it was the Wednesday you and I were hoping to chat yeah, and I was just a complete wreck. And even at this moment, I have what I feel like is what I had on day two. This is dry cough every once in a while. Mm. Um, it hit me and I, and I, and I'm gasping for a little bit of air and I cough. But I, I know it's on, it's on the way out. You know, I, I know it's almost out, but it was pretty severe. It's, I was scared for a bit. Well, that's terrible. I mean, it's just a pleasure to be back again. I was honored to have you um, reach out to me, and I felt so bummed I couldn't do that one Wednesday. So this is this is pretty good. I think is it a, is it a week from the time we wanted to, or is it two weeks? I forget now. Soon. Yeah, I think but it, a week or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah it just feels good to be able to do it again. I, I'm really. Uh, I'm really happy to be here for sure. I think you do a great show, and you know it's, it's a lot of fun. It's 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 nice to be on the other side of it for a change. You yeah, know what I mean? that's right. Yeah, yeah. Thank, thanks very much again. Really appreciate it. All right, well, thanks for having me again, buddy, and uh, and uh, stay safe out there. And we'll look forward to uh, chatting with you on social media and everything else. Yeah, for sure, we'll do. Okay, all right, thanks, all right. Eric. See you. care, my friend. Yeah, bye. Okay, bye.